Uh, welcome to the Cerebral Valley podcast on Newcomer. I'm back with Max Child and James Wilsterman, my Cerebral Valley co-hosts and the Volley co-founders. Uh, we are very excited about this episode. The meat of it will be a draft uh, of uh, the most valuable AI companies we get. It is like, it's as close as I think in Silicon Valley you can get to uh, watching sports, hopefully, or <laughs> fantasy, sports, fantasy sports. Sports debate yeah, TV yeah, show, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I I overcomplicated it to make sure I got uh, the I won't spoil it anyway. We, you know, <laughs> we took it very seriously, and even if all our listeners forget about it, I am sure James. What, what was the time window? Is it, it's five. Is it five, five years. years? Yeah, in five years we'll all be uh, checking to see see how we did. Um, but before that, Cerebral Valley the conference is on Wednesday, and at, you know. Uh, obviously for the people going in person, you, you get why you're curious. It's like, okay. Uh, but then for everybody else, the uh, videos from the conference will be posted on YouTube and in the newsletter, newcomer.co. So this conference will be brought to you digitally. We have not just hyped up a, an event. You will not get to consume. You will get to <laughs> see the talks. So look forward to that. I think usually we put some of the best ones in the podcast feed and we just wanted to sort of take stock going into the conference sort of big themes that, that are going to be on our mind and then what's changed from the first cerebral valley in march so yeah um let's get to it all right i said you guys could could go for themes less i mean go for themes first and i would uh play cleanup oh, so james why don't you go <laughs> still thinking about my themes yeah i have noticed a theme kind of gaining some heat over the last few weeks on twitter slash x of kind of this big debate around open source versus closed source um in terms of safety right i think this ties in with the executive order put out by the biden administration um, and kind of a raging debate, I guess, or simmering debate of whether uh, these larger closed source language model companies are in the business of regulatory capture through their efforts to uh, speak around model safety and get, uh, get the uh, Biden administration involved or whether that comes from a true concern and how that impacts um, companies who are putting out open source models for the community. Okay, I'm gonna jump on that. Open source versus closed source. I, I think that's probably the top in my mind. And in some ways I'd almost frame it as like, I think the first conference ended up having more of the pro open source people. You know, we ended with Hugging Face and Replit. Both of them are very pro open source. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we're gonna have Databricks back. They're pretty pro open source. Whereas this conference, we're ending the day with Vinod Kosla, who has been somewhat critical of he, he wants more sort of control and regulation. We'll, we'll get the exact nuance of his open source take. And then Mustafa Suleiman at Inflection and the DeepMind co-founder who's going to end the day has been super supportive of regulation and somewhat apprehensive about open source. So I think this conference in some ways will be the response to the really pro open source of the first. Of course, I, I think open source is very popular in the 
not open AI world. So I wouldn't be surprised still if probably the majority of our panelists are still pro open source or yeah, what do you guys think? I guess one thing I wanted to ask you guys on this topic is uh, last time at the conference, a lot of discussion was about the letter that just came out with a lot of signatories around taking a pause on AI development. Ahmad uh, Stability had signed it totally yes. perplexingly. Yeah. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which was confusing to a lot of people. Um, and I guess my question is, at the time, it felt like there was a lot of heat on companies, even like OpenAI and Sam Altman, um, for being cavalier with their development of AI and causing, you know, an AI race and putting out ChatGPT and, you know, before the bigger, you know, more cautious companies like Google had released their AIs, right? Um, and I really think in like six months, that has just totally changed where, you know, now that you have this open source community putting out models, like OpenAI is able to like look like the responsible stewards of AI <laughs> going to the White House and, you know, getting regulations in place. Um, just curious if you guys agree with that assessment. I do think a lot of the safety talk has died down. I guess the executive order um, is maybe a contrary example of that, although, I, you know, maybe the White House timeline is like six months behind everyone else's timeline. But um, it does seem like people are a lot less hung up on like, is the AI going to kill everyone in sort of the tech industry? And then I guess simultaneously, we got this massive executive order banning, or not banning, but regulating models over a certain size, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's, it is interesting to think about if there's going to be this sort of waves and, and troughs or peaks and troughs of the, the hype cycle around safety. And I feel like we're in a little bit of a trough inside the industry right now. Um, but six months from now, that could change again. We just got to keep having conferences. <laughs> in March, GPT-4 was like, you know, a shockwave. And it had come over 3.5. Mm -hmm. And I think it felt like, man, if this keeps going, like, we're going to have generalized AI tomorrow. And then I, nobody has really caught up with them, right? There are open source models and people can say, oh, this is better than open AI on cost. But I don't think anyone, even in specialized use cases, has, has really beaten, beaten had before. anything as yeah. smart. So then there's just a little less fear of like, oh, my God, it's becoming like so, you know, yeah. that is just not sort of ha the pace hasn't been so out of control. And I think that's part of what has cooled things down. But I sort of I mean, I think the Biden executive order is like a huge deal and shows that there's very active yeah. sort of government interference. And like Europe has been talking about mm -hmm. things. So I don't know. I think this question of cracking down on open source uh is very real but yeah but the open source community has certainly been vibrant and and you know and the other piece of that is that firms like andreessen and others have been very loud about sort of positioning themselves as super pro That's, open source yeah interesting next theme all right i have a theme for you guys to think about here um i think one of the all-time, maybe the number one all-time Silicon Valley investing philosophy for all categories of software is, you know, we like to invest in companies that sell picks and shovels, not the companies that dig for gold, right? We like to, we like to fund the tool makers, not the tool users in many cases. Um, and I think what's interesting just in the last six months between the previous conference and the current conference is the the sort of what tools were in vogue six, seven months ago, and then what tools are in vogue today. Um, and then the sort of cherry on top of that is 
OpenAI itself, you know, very, very recently announced this kind of huge wave of first party tools improvements, whether it's, um, you know, retrieval improvements, context increases, speed, cost, releasing anyone able to make their own GPT character to kind of go after the character AIs of the world. Like, they really came hard on like a bunch of tools categories that I would say six, seven months ago were being funded as like pretty compelling standalone companies. And I think it's sort of a, a two-way question, which is one, is tools investment still good idea in an AI world? <laughs> like, or is OpenAI going to eat this all alive? And then I guess two, like, you know, who, who, is, who is still exciting in the tool space and, and who do we think has like a strong foundation for the future? Yeah, I mean, I think that question of will OpenAI just eat everything applies in every part of the yeah. AI. I mean, that yeah. was an, a theme For of sure. the first conference, definitely. Just like how how relevant is everybody except OpenAI and, and sort of an ongoing question. So certainly, yeah, I think now with the developer conference, uh, this thread on tools, and then I think, you know, given... Uh, ChatGPT is clearly the most popular consumer AI app. Well, I'd be interested. I mean, you have authentic conversations with venture capitalists regularly, Eric, right? Behind the scenes that don't all get published. Like, yeah. do you ever get some authentic expression of concern about tools companies that they've backed in the space that were like, well, maybe we jumped on this tools idea too early and it actually isn't a standalone product or, you know. I will behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah. There are definitely a lot of firms that are shitting on foundation model bets. Oh, interesting. Like, okay. Oh, yeah. Right. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, they're expensive. You know, they're very speculative. OpenAI's in the lead. They right. feel like even with OpenAI, open source comes to parity very quickly. So mm -hmm. the, the category I hear the most dunking on is just like foundation models. Okay. And you'll, you'll see firms that haven't made a lot of bets there. Uh, you know, yeah, the Valley loves like, tools picks and shovels so sure that's not something where i feel like i've heard a lot of regret and if anything i feel like i've i mean i've been talking like vector databases all week and stuff like that like, <laughs> and literally you're getting vcs talk about chips or getting companies around chips which traditionally mm. they've been scared about but you have sort of the fact that nvidia is doing so well and then you also have the fact that it's sort of cool to be like an emerging tech investor at the moment so i think those things combined you're seeing that. So, no, I, I think VCs okay. yeah. dunking on foundation models, but bullish about everything else supporting AI. Hmm. Yeah, what I don't are, know. Are there particular company types you have in mind, like, that you think... Well, I mean, I think really there's, like, kill? obvious companies that are, like, maybe less hot than they were in the last conference, right? I mean, well, like, like... Jasper. Was Jasper already, would be an example, right? St stability would be a huge example, right? right? But I think there's companies but stability, that like, that's just like the unique failings of that. Company. Sure, sure. But there are companies that we talked to last time, right? You know, Langchain, for example, right? That like, it's a big question as to wh where Langchain fits in a universe where OpenAI is just going to take care of all this crap, right? right? And then, you know, I think we're talking to some companies this week that, you know, look, like they, they could totally be awesome companies and I have no earthly clue, but they're providing very specialized tools like you know, data cleaning or something like that, right? Like, which, again, I'm excited to hear the pitch, like, of, of why that's a, a great idea for the company, and it probably is. But, like, you know, I would be a little scared that OpenAI was just going to, like, kick ass in my category if I were a tools company. Um, and so I just think, and I mean, I think you have to agree that character has to be pretty upset that OpenAI basically announced their version of character AI tools, right? Like, so, 
I'm just interested if there's any real feedback of the fear factor on that front, but it sounds like maybe not. So, yeah. Do you think, uh, just jumping, diving in on the character question, like mm -hmm. there is a theme I've noticed of people kind of questioning whether OpenAI for consumers as an endpoint is, is really sufficient. So there's kind of like the opposite side of that question from the tooling side, right? Like, will they eat all tools? Mm -hmm. And then there's from the consumer assistance side, is there a super assistant that's just right. ChatGPT, or do you end up using all these characters or mini GPTs uh, that they, they are working to enable developers to build? Uh, how do you guys feel about that debate? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the open question. I think it <laughs> yeah. it, dep it depends on the quality <laughs> of the you know the foundation models. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess like selfishly, we build games, James, that are built on AI tools, uh, including in some cases <laughs> large language models. So my selfish belief is is possible to build games on LLMs without OpenAI building the exact same thing. Um, it may depend on the complexity level of the consumer app built on top of the tool, whereas character is sort of pretty vanilla re you know reprompting or you know tweaked version yep. of the core gpt experience but you know i think it depends on the complexity level and sort of how much of the stack you control and and how easy it is to get to your customers i, I mean a, a, a phrase i've been hearing over and over again this week you know just talking to vcs has been retrieval augmented generation mm -hmm. rag, rags rags rag. and yeah. i think there are a lot of companies right now that think we can be really good at giving GPT the sort of information it needs and then, you know, OpenAI or whoever can sort of do the thinking based on that. But we're not we're not in the business of making the best thinking company, but we're we're really good at figuring out like what it needs to consider. And and it's possible that there are a lot of What kind of companies do you think are saying that around like I guess this is kind of pointing to data and unique data sets as kind of a mode of some kind, right? Um, like what kinds of companies do you think fit that category of potentially having a true data mode that could be valuable? Having a data mode? Yeah. Well, um, well, this isn't a data mode, but I mean, one company, as you'll hear is, is, in the second isn't half. It a I, data, isn't it a data mode that you are saying that these companies are talking to you saying, we have well, like, okay. We there's this company Clean, data. right? That lets yeah. companies run searches, right? Is it a mm -hmm. data moat? They're really like good at hooking companies up, companies' data Got up it. to data to sources that then connect, that use RAG, and then yeah, plug mm -hmm. into something like OpenAI. So it's but not it necessarily seem... like a Bloomberg where it's like we have all the financial data in the world. It's we're really good at like getting the relevant data for companies into into this system. Is is one case. But at least at OpenAI Dev Day this week, um, they seem to be going after some similar use cases of allowing companies and enterprises to build their own internal GPTs or chat GPTs based on internal company data. So right. I think that that is still some area that they seem to be competing in as well. Right. I mean, you know, eventually there's only so much one company can do. unless Unless it's like... The, I feel like, James, this is your style of suggestion throughout this series. Unless there's AGI and like every way we talk about this is wrong. But in yeah. any sort of traditional business sense where, like, you know, Sam Altman, you know, has joked in the past that like, oh, we'll just 
ask open it well ask chat gpt at some point you know like what our business model should be and we'll do that <laughs> clearly they didn't need to wait for that they figured out some business models but you know i anyway my, my point is just like in a traditional normal world that i expect to continue you can't do everything and so whatever yeah. they're gonna have to pick their strengths and then everybody else can do other stuff um i'm gonna i'm gonna give a last a last theme that's sort of more in the fun sort of philosophy sort of world, you know, fitting into the AGI question, which is just how seriously do people take existential risk in AI? <laughs> you know, is existential risk now seen as like, this is propaganda for people who want to make it one seem really awesome and sexy and amazing and can do everything. And then two people who want to be in this world of like, shutting it down like how much is existential risk really on people's minds anymore or is it much important that we just make sure it's not racist and make sure you know deal with these like very practical concerns that are obviously true now versus imagining this world where it's you know uh you know like our ai doom episode you know figuring yeah. out how to optimize well, paper clips into blowing up that's, the earth. That's kind of alluding to my earlier point about I feel like Silicon Valley has stopped taking safety as seriously, right? I mean, like, I think that, like, yeah, sure, the executive order is not an example of that, right? But in Silicon Valley, I think the discussion of, to your point, it, the, the implied seriousness with which people take existential risks seems pretty low to me because otherwise people would be, like blowing up gpu factories or whatever i don't know it's like if you actually believe this had a 20 percent chance of killing all of society which a lot of people say like how could you morally work in this space right. or at, le at least not like you know be actively opposed to any of the development here right and and the only people who seem to really act as if they truly believe existential risk is real is basically you know Eliezer Yudkowsky and the sort of the AI doomers on Twitter right who are really out there every day saying Wait, there was there know. was an interview uh, shout out to Logan Bartlett uh, with his podcast yeah. he interviewed uh, Dario the co-founder of Anthropic, of Anthropic right and yeah. Dario gave like it was like twenty percent chance like everything goes right like it was terrible. like ten to twenty percent chance that was like really is, high I think uh, is that like in the next hundred years though I, no, again I mean, the time I, frames matter yeah, right yeah, like. I think it was it was reasonably soon. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I don't know. I sort of think you'd have to be insane to be working in an industry where you truly believe that progress there had a 20% chance of ending all humanity. I, I don't know. Like, unless you believe in some complicated game theory about deterrence or something, and back to our earlier episode about, you know, the only thing that can stop a good guy with an AI is, or sorry, a bad <laughs> guy with an AI is a good guy with an AI. I said who, it wrong. Who coined the, that line? Did yeah. I get that line? I, I don't know. I can't remember, but... <laughs> But the only thing that can stop a bad guy with an AI is a good guy with a better AI, right? right yeah. Right. Unless you can explain some pretty elaborate game theory uh, on how progress in AI by the good guys is necessary to stop extinction, it just, it, you know, it doesn't compute that you believe this stuff has 20% chance of killing us. Like, you know, and be working in the industry at the level of Dario, who literally is like the number two most powerful person in foundation models, right? I mean, it's just, it's nonsense. So I, I don't know. It, I agree. It, it doesn't seem like people take it that seriously for real. As we discussed in that episode, though, there's a lot of like very bad things that could happen. You know, AI kills some of us, right? Not all of us. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that was the, that right, was the, that was the takeaway. kills us all. You're right. <laughs> right. Uh, maybe it doesn't need like, that. I, yeah. I guess like maybe, maybe, 
people have come around to sort of a middle ground here where it's not existential risk, like extinction for humanity and more that there's a lot of bad things that could happen over the next five to 10 years with AI. And I think all of us would agree with that, right? You know, there are bad things that could occur if the, you know, some bad actors got access to some really powerful models or something, right? I mean, I think the fact that Cruz is not active in San Francisco, like even if they sort of bungled their disclosures to the government. I mean, Cruz is a better driver than humans in San Francisco, mm. right? Like clearly. they really they they broke the one rule, which is don't lie to the government, yeah, right? right? I mean, yeah. like it's just like you can be I agree. You, you can be bad, you can right. screw up, you know, but don't lie to the government is like right. freaking like number 1 on the 10 <laughs> commandments of running a company, right? I mean, like you know, that's why SPF's in jail or whatever, you know, like, yeah, I exactly. mean, like, like, just don't lie to the government. Right. Like, you, you know, fake it till you make it can apply in many scenarios, but not with the government there. Right. You can't do that with them. <laughs> so anyway, can we just go back to this for a second? So you're, you're, what are you saying, Eric, about um, existential risk or Max? Like you, you guys are saying companies are not acting like they believe their own hype. Or do you agree with that? Or about I think exis- I think people are now saying, calling bullshit in sort of private existential risk, and some of them don't want to say it publicly because they don't want to be seen as sort of undermining legitimate concerns. But I think a lot of them are just like doesn't feel and then that ha- close. And then how do you feel that ties into the executive order? Does that feel to you like? Overregulation, regulation you know, pre premature regulation. I've been sort of waiting until after the conference okay. to stake out to make a stake. my position, partially just like get get more information. Also, you know, I sort of uh, shift between information gatherer and sometimes opinion haver, and I don't know. I've been sort of waiting to yeah. come out strong, yeah. though I do have a sort of side. The last theme I'm actually interested in, and this is very close to home for James and I in the last couple of months, is we are increasingly discovering that the cost of running any large language model products at consumer scale is unbelievably high. <laughs> like, really? Oh, interesting. Y- yeah. Um, is so high that it's, it's very hard to come up with a mental model for how you could build anything on top of a GPT-4 quality model right now that would be distributed to consumers. You could maybe do it on 3.5, especially with some recent price cuts with, you know, fine tuning, yada, yada, yada. But I would say that it is shockingly high to run a very basic application that's GPT-4 level quality on an LLM. And I think it basically makes it impossible to build consumer apps on these level of models today without incinerating money. And so I think it's an interesting question as to whether or not a lot of these companies that have raised 100 or 200 million dollars I have to imagine their unit economics are pretty much upside down if they're building any sort of consumer product. As in, every time someone uses their product, they lose more money than they make. So I wonder if the only outcome of this is that B2B companies can maybe afford this because they can charge such such staggering prices. And then OpenAI is like the only one that can do consumer stuff because you pretty much have to have no middleman to afford running these applications. Okay, so that's a great one. And I'll broaden it and just say, I think there's an, the overall meta theme of that is the rubber meets the road, right? Mm-hmm. There's this 
do people really care about existential risk anymore? Because it's like, oh, we're just in the practical problems. Like, it's really expensive to run consumer apps. And I've heard people in enterprise ask, like, are our big co- companies customers sticking around or do they try the demo and say, eh, we didn't like it anymore. And I mean, you know, ChatGPT, I think we're going to see in a slide during the presentation, you know, activity sinks and then they have new features and goes up. Like, what's the resiliency? So just this, yeah, the rubber mean the road. All right, we've gotten all the hype. Like, how are people delivering? And now is sort of the moment where it's turning into sort of more regular sort of business style questions. I mean, this stuff is so expensive to run that it's hard to imagine you would not have to run into regular business style questions pretty quickly. (laughs) Now, I was not in the internet industry in 1993 when you had to go buy your own servers to run a website, you know? So that this may be analogous to that time, you know, where you had to be a garage band server farm to afford to run these kind of companies. But even On that would have been that would have been fixed cost, right? I mean, now yeah, we're talking about like right. We're talking erasing, about variable cost. More customers right? you get, more expensive. Yeah, yeah Era- right. erasing software margins, yeah. like so. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty interested to see if anyone can run a consumer product without just incinerating money. Besides OpenAI, so hmm. stay tuned. Or on that or, front, or use, I would say, I would say the last caveat would just be using smaller models or yeah, using smaller open source models or fine tuning. Right. Llama or, or something. Or GPT-4 gets 20 times cheaper in the next year and a half. Yeah. And then this is a dumb, irrelevant, you know, retrospective discussion. But it really has to go down by like a 10x to be interesting. So they did 3x a week ago. We need two more of those to really be in a good category of cost. Yeah, we, we should. I mean, that is a good reminder that we should ask money. Like, how much does this cost? Like, how? <laughs> yeah, how? Yep. Where do you make money if, like, you know, prices change one way or the other? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, next up, I really think you're going to want to listen to this. Uh, the draft pick. Please give us your feedback. Uh, I want insane, like, memos about, like, what the order strategy should have been. <laughs> and just feel free to weigh in. Uh, we did, you know, I, I think we explained all the particulars in, in James, right? You talked through Yes, it, so. yeah, we're about to we don't need jump to into the rules, and uh, there were there was probably more time spent behind the scenes debating <laughs> the rules than I really preparing for the draft. I was but. insistent about a particular rule change that, you'll, I mean, you'll, you'll hear. So uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, send you, Eric at newcomer.co, uh, you can always send me your opinions about who's an idiot. I, hopefully... I think I'll try and post the list. Uh, so please forgive us that it was a set list. There are companies. I asked if I could pick companies off list as sort of a insider with Intel, but I was I was not allowed to pick off list. So I, we were restricted to a list of companies, and if we didn't pick you. Please uh, hire a new marketing officer. I don't know. Sorry. Um, yeah. All right. Find, find out why your your valuation was also not. You know, listed in PitchBook, right? Because uh, the oh, list yeah. was selected from companies who are register who have have recent over one hundred million dollar rounds in PitchBook. There's go listen to that. Welcome. All right, we are going to move into uh, the draft. Uh, we this is probably the thing. Uh, we're most excited about, at least informed to do, uh, p- taking a page out of uh, sports podcast, political podcast uh, playbook. And we are going to do 
a draft pick of the top AI companies. Uh, James, do you want to explain the metrics for who wins this and how we know and all of that? Uh, Here's what we're doing. Max, Eric, and I are drafting teams of AI startups. The startups must have risen over $100 million. I wish that wasn't the case, partially because I have intel on like companies that are promising, <laughs> but James isn't letting me uh, include random. I feel like there's a, you know, it's a risk. They are not even valued at that yet. But I, I, yeah, I think we have, we have 43 companies in the list um, and we're only picking five each. So many of these will not make it on the board. So I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, but this really shows, I think, the amount of companies who have raised ginormous rounds in AI. Um, because this is a hundred million plus list. Right? You have to have raised raised over a hundred million, not valuation raised. That's publicly over known. I, I, because I yeah. I do think also there are probably ones that aren't. So uh, some other criteria I use to kind of narrow down this list. Uh, you had to be using generative AI or. The company had to be have generative AI or generative AI infra kind of core to it. Uh, I kind of excluded some industries like bio and healthcare, defense, uh, silicon chips, robotics, driverless or AVs, and China. I just wanted to filter down to companies we might have a chance of knowing something about or being predictive (laughs) about rather than just predicting whether some biotech company is going to use AI to discover a new drug or something. Um, And I also wanted companies founded before, uh, excluded companies founded before 2013. Uh, Hmm. So most of these companies have been actually founded in the last three years or something. Um, But there are a few who have been founded maybe earlier. Uh, so that's the game, and uh, we are going to determine who goes first uh, by creating a handicap auction. So this the was, way this, I was adamant yeah, Jam- that we do this. Jam- James and Max were like, oh, you know, that's part of the randomness. But to me, like a huge part of this is how how much would you pay to get to pick OpenAI? Because I, I, I honestly think we're all going to pick OpenAI. Um, we should talk about what the what the... Pick what the grading criteria is yeah. here. So the way we are drafting these teams, uh, we are ex- we are trying to create a team with the highest total valuation on November 1st, 2028. And final valuations would be determined by PitchBook, uh, either kind of a reported M&A price or a current stock price if, if the company is public or uh, the last valuation if the company is still going but is private. And if... The company is shut down. I think that would count as a zero for that team. Um, If if like two years, does it have to have raised at the price within the last two years or something? Because there's whatever the last fundraise was. Yeah, just but like it might not be worth that anymore. One question I I have is let's let's say there's a company on this list who has raised who has raised a huge round, maybe in the Zerp era but right. never raises again, but is a zombie company in five years. Are we counting that at their I think yeah, have I valuation? That at the, the last valuation. No, last no valuation. it needs to raise another round or do something in the next five years. Because <laughs> otherwise there's a strategy of just like picking the most highly valued companies and just betting that like nothing happens. That's, that's the efficient market hypothesis. I don't think, I think, it theory, should, I think something should have to the happen. Current like valuation, it another... Is the best predictor I, I, of future value. Yeah. It needs another I, either of us. It needs another fundraiser reporting. Yeah, I think so. 
Max, are you okay with that? Or I mean, pretty, I don't uh, really care. I don't think yeah. it's super yeah. relevant. So whatever. Yeah. You know. It needs okay. something. Whatever. Right? You guys are we say. agreed on that? Yeah, we're agreed. So, if the company does not raise any round between now and November first, twenty twenty-eight, yeah, uh, according to PitchBook, a new round, um, they will count as a zero as well. Fair. Okay. Br- yep. Brutal. Um. So, how are we? doing the bid for first and second place well i think the the idea here is if you you know we're gonna just go down the line here and name a price that you are willing to subtract from your total score and then in the end and uh then determine you know the order in that who in the order of those three handicaps and we will deduct those scores at the end. All right, let's just do a live auction. Like whoever gets the highest price and then we stop it. Okay, so then it's a coin flip. Okay, fine. Coin flip for a second. Yes. Okay. Let me pull up my digital coin flipper. Okay. All right. And then it's a snake draft. Yes. All right, let's let's start. I I bid negative 45 billion. For open AI? For first, for to go first. first For first pick, okay. Hmm. <laughs> I'll go. I'll I'll go to fifty. Sure. I'll go. Uh, I'll go fifty-five. I'll go sixty. Sixty billion. Negative sixty billion. How is OpenAI going to have an exit? I just am confused by this. It doesn't. They, it, they it don't need to, to have price. an exit. They just need to have a fundraise. Okay. I'll go. I'll go to seventy. 75. Okay, that's fine. Max, you're done? I'm done. I'm out. You got it Great. at 75. All right. <laughs> okay. First pick. You think I'm a lunatic? Open AI. Okay. okay. Bad pick. Bad pick. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just imagine I did all that to get just, like anthropic or I, something. I just, I, just, I just think the number of companies that are worth like hundreds of billions of dollars on the secondary market is just extremely low. So you're, you're basically discounting the net equity value to like five or 15 billion now or whatever it is. So, um, sorry. Yeah. Added. Yeah. It's currently valued at 80 or 90, right? On secondary markets. And you took right. 70, 75 off that. So right. you're, you're basically saying I'm, you know, 10, 10 is where I, my starting point and I have to get another hundred billion or whatever on this valuation. If it's, if it's a trillion dollar company, like, I mean, uh, yeah, that's, your, yeah. Then that's, I crushed it. Like, but, okay. but it, are, are they going to be a trillion dollar company as a subsidiary of Microsoft? I just don't believe that, but that's fine. This is why it's an exciting contentious pick. Uh, yeah. Great. Right. Okay. All right. Um, Eric's going to go first and, uh, Max and I are flipping for second place. Uh, Max name your header tails here. I'll take heads. Heads. You're up second. Okay. Eric, we know what you're picking. Do you want to make it official? Open AI. Congratulations. Sam Oldman knew what he was doing. <laughs> smart guy. Smart guy. Anything All you right. want to anything you want to add there? Or, uh, well, I, I do also think the fact, I think Microsoft being an investor helps drive up the valuation because mm. they're getting spend back on their system. There's all this revenue round tripping going on. I think it'll mm. definitely raise another round or two. So I feel like it's super safe bet. I think I'm getting it if we know it's reported to be ninety billion. Mm-hmm. I'm getting it like yeah with with. But if a Microsoft buys, already. if Microsoft buys an additional two percent to go from forty nine percent ownership to fifty one percent ownership, that's that's like an exit in my opinion. Like open that's an exit. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you so, mean? 
so no. they have majority ownership of OpenAI. I mean, it's it's a subsidiary of Microsoft at that point. That, no, it's just over then. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think so. No, <laughs> if, if there are deals on OpenAI that value it as more, it's worth more. Definitely. I if know. other people, if people are getting shares at a higher price. There, there will be no shares of OpenAI, though, in this context. I don't know. We can we can yeah. see what actually plays no, out. The and valuation argue about it goes up, podcasts. and there are people who own a lot of it. Uh, then, yeah, it, it has its own get, valuation. There's no way that that's... You're saying... Well, well, I, I guess the shares have to dissolve, is what you're saying, for it to be an acquisition. That's kind right. of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Once they're in Microsoft, sure. I accept it, that, like, I don't get to write up the Microsoft benefit of... Okay. All right, Even well, though whatever. I do think that's a possible outcome, but I, I just don't think they ever make it to whatever a trillion dollar valuation is a sta the, standalone. I don't know subsidiary. if Sam Altman would sell, you know, away control to Microsoft. That's I don't pretty think so either. And like, there's antitrust, and like, I think this yeah. is the most Microsoft is probably going to own. Gonna so, own. Um, but I, I'm not willing to accept like if they own sixty percent. I'm sure. Like, no, that's mm -hmm. fair. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Mac. Max. I. We'll take Databricks at number two. Yeah, um, yeah. smart pick. Smart pick. I like I like Databricks. I I like to think that. I mean, the goal here is obviously to really get a, a couple of huge winners or one really huge winner, right? And I think that Databricks is obviously already a very large company. You know, tens of billions of dollars, and I think there's probably many tens more or, or potentially hundreds in headroom there. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a good call option on a really massive company. So that's why I'm grabbing Databricks. And also yeah. my favorite speaker from CV1 uh, and uh, Ali Godzi, the CEO, and he's coming back for CV2. So I'm just a little homer pick here. Smart. Yeah, this is giving me, now my stomach's turning. I do Databricks. Like I've been super bullish about them for the long time. So not to have them in my list is, it hurts. All right, James. All right. Pick three. All right. I've got two that I'm, you get two here. in a row, snake draft. Here. You get two That's in a true. row. That's true. I get two. So, okay, yeah. I just do both of them. Yes. All right. I am going to go with Hugging Face as my uh, first pick. Mm, yeah. Wow. That's that's yeah. high. That's high. I think you could have gotten the value bet later in the later in the draft there. No, I might I have. No, it sounded that. like Eric was going was eyeing Hugging Face as well. Um, yeah, I, I think I just I just really think Hugging Face is going to exit at under twenty to Microsoft, basically. So that's well, that's good take. for me though. That's like a pretty good lock in of twenty no, million of no, enterprise yeah, value. Great. You need you need to stack those hundreds to win this draft, James. We're going up <laughs> against the trillion dollar open AI here. So then yeah, you should true. only pick foundation model companies. By that, you should one. pick whatever you think can go to a trillion, Eric. You know, I it could be anything. Hugging Face has a lot of room for I think potentially getting to that hundred billion level if they kind of maintain with their position in in essential you know position in the open open source community and they potentially even build tooling around this that helps other companies use open source in their in their enterprises and um yeah i just think there's a pretty high ceiling there GitHub sold for seven point five billion. Just yeah, I'm just I'm just saying GitHub is is everything hugging is, faces and more yeah. in my opinion. Right. And they decided to exit at the top at seven and a half. So um, I don't know. I mean, I I right. love hugging face for the record. We're you know big fans, but uh, I don't know. N not sure about the pick on the upside. And they're a forum at the end of the day. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, James. Second pick. Hosting. I, I mean, we love them, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for my second pick, I am going with Anthropic. Um, huge second runner in the yes. foundation model wars i would argue uh just recently 
struck a pretty major partnership with Amazon um, and uh, has a lot of uh, the same people who were originally working at OpenAI. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, and I've heard really you know positive things from developers about Claude in general. So yeah, I'm really excited about Anthropic. Okay, this is a tough pick. Um... I'm going to I'm going to skip through the really high fundraisers here for my second pick. Go a little more deviant. Um I'm going to take Pinecone, the database company. Um I think that what I'm hearing from my little Your birdies is on the little, ground. little birdies in the in the AI communities, Pinecone is the uh the database of choice for AI developers of all stripes and I think if you look at the history of Silicon Valley, you see really strong exits from a lot of different database companies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I like Pinecone as a, I don't know. I mean, this would be a really good pick if I could get, you know, discounted for the fact that their valuation is way lower than most of the companies on this list. But I, I, regardless, I, I'll take the upside. I, I you yes. know, as a reporter does, went went to a VC for advice before this. I oh, yeah, one nice. Because I asked at the last minute. But he said... Pinecone not there on his list. He only gave me wow. like his five Whoa. because Ooh. I think ice, for number three, enterprises cold. are wasting tons of time building toy mm. prototypes that will ultimately be replaced by apps. So all I uh, all I care about is just the crazy upside case, and I think that's that's what I'm going for here. So all right, I'm gonna do. I get upward. two now. I don't know. You get snakes. two now. You get to, yeah. You get two now. You get to swing all back. Right, I'm, I'm like nervous. I'm gonna take inflection. Please explain. Uh, <laughs> you got to defend your picks here. Yeah. Um, with the idea, one sort of top talent, obviously, like uh, DeepMind co-founder Mustafa Suleiman. I'm not picking him because he's speaking. But, mm. you know, I, uh, I do think super legit company. I mean, obviously, you're betting a lot on the future. I do think, you know, if it's go for big swings huge foundation model potential is key smart technology um i think i think also just like give it i feel like there's a floor and that it's also like a potential like acquisition to just like get some big tech company uh capable worst case so yeah i'm going inflection uh, for number two okay and uh this is a tough one <laughs> All right, I'm taking character AI. I just feel oh, like... Oh, man. Good I pick. feel like oh, that... Oh, I know. Bad pick. Bad I, I pick. Like you you, like you would have taken it, right? Yeah. I, bad because you would have taken James it? James the pig. Bad pick. No, no, no. Bad pick is just a way I joke about every pick being bad. Sorry. Wait, would yeah, you have I, taken character? Like, I partially? never would have, but it sounds like James would have, so... I think James. I would have taken it, yes. Uh, I'm going on a foundation model forward strategy, and mm. I, I think character, you know, has... Perhaps a clearer path to a product than most. I think, I mean, they have a very <laughs> talented CEO. I mean, Andreessen Horowitz is going big on them. So uh, they're going to get lots of follow-on funding rounds. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I, you know. Something? I, I still think like the, you know, right now the bot sort of relationship bot thing is a little overhyped, but. <laughs> um, you know, there's time. What do you think about character as it is today? What is your? Do you agree with the take that it's all sex chat or or not? I or don't. Do I don't know. I'm not like an expert on the product, but to me, 
there there's sort of you get a dual bet in that they're super hardcore building their own foundation model deep on technology and they're actually have a product that's out there that people are finding fun ways to use and like i mean you know mark zuckerberg yeah. got started with hot or not so like anything that, that they have the sort of instinct to say like let's get users that mm-hmm. that to me is like a good good muscle and like even if this first iteration isn't like the one you want the New York Times to be writing about, I think I think it's a good sign. I think it's a good sort of out of the money. You guys would not have picked inflection value. though. No, I I think inflection's a reasonable bet. I, like, I like your picks. I like your picks. Yeah. I don't I honestly don't really know these foundation models, <laughs> which is why I'm gonna pick a foundation model next, baby. All right. <laughs> All right, you're up. Uh yeah, I mean, I literally think I could be choosing foundation models past OpenAI and Anthropic as a, a a monkey throwing darts at the proverbial board would do better than me here. But I'll just go with Cohere. I'll just take the market deciding it's worth a lot. It seems yep. like it's the number three, number four best foundation model. Who the f knows is my defense of this pick. But I I gotta Everybody's grab I gotta grab a foundation them. model. Every, my everybody yeah. wants to be in business, so I feel like they're gonna face a ton of competition. They were early, sure. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm freely I, willing to I admit this is them. I'm. I'm freely willing to admit this is my lowest conviction pick here. But I just feel like I gotta have a foundation model, and that to me is the best pick on the board. So, so be it. Onward and Great. upward. Maybe I'll get lucky. Okay, I'm. I'm ready with my two picks. All, All right, right, please fire away. All right. First pick. Go going with another foundation model company. Of course, gotta have one. I will say you can see why VCs are investing big in foundation models because if the goal is to go for the fences yep. you're like you know foundation shit. models are are, are mm-hmm. you know big swings yeah. and so like i'm nobody here is really so far trying to accumulate like a bunch like I, I could name some sure things but then you know you want like a swing anyway james i'm going with ai 21 labs which is a israeli foundation model company Solid. Just just announced a $155 million raise in August at a $1.4 billion valuation. Um, and the participants included uh, Google and NVIDIA. Um, mm. They create foundation models particularly targeted at writing, and they um, are known for their cutting-edge Jurassic models. Um, so, yeah. I'm impressed with the founding team and the product. Yeah, and they, they've got some, I think they have a partnership maybe with Amazon. Like I've seen them come up, but it feels like they're under the, the radar a little bit. I think it's a little bit of an under the radar yeah. pick, but a solid that team makes sense building foundation I mean, models. Yep. I mean, I would say that is, you know, if if they are Israeli and they're valued at 1.4, probably in the U.S. they'd be valued at 14 billion. So I think, uh, <laughs> <A lot of laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you know, I, that that seems like a good, uh, good, good cost of living adjustment right there. All right, and with my next pick, I'm taking Replit. Mm. Ah, Amjad, yeah, another yeah. CV CVAI yeah. alumni alumnus, yep. if you will. So Replit, you have Hugging uh, Face and uh, Replit. They're on the same panel together. Uh, you're just a you're just a big CVAI <laughs> drafter here. I love it. I like What's to meet the, bo- the founders and get to know them. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, 
uh, uh, practicing for. Uh, <laughs> in the end, it's really it's really just about on the founders. It's really about the people. It's, it's about really, the people. It's really about the founders when you think about this stuff. Yeah, founder market fit, if you will. All right, what what's your yeah, argument? definitely has founder Twitter are, fit. Are Replit and Hugging Face like in the like trillion dollar case? They're like fighting with each other, right? They're both like in the coding world. I don't I don't agree with that. I think that Replit. The trillion dollar case here is that software engineering changes dramatically due to AI. And we enter this world of everyone's an engineer. You, you're using a cloud-based IDE. Uh, you can use AI really aggressively as you're coding and you don't even need to really learn how to code. And I think they're the ones who are furthest along at kind of building that vision that I, I do believe is possible with AI. That was that was not on my draft board. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, I don't think I would have picked it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go with another Homer pick. Uh, I will be taking Modular, uh, another founder I will be interviewing on stage at CVAI, too. For the, for oh, the backstory yeah, here, yeah, yeah. for the backstory here, Chris Latner, who co-founded Modular, literally invented the Swift programming language that is on every iPhone, every Mac, every iPad in the world, probably one of the top five to 10 most used programming languages ever invented. Uh, so he's obviously a beast. He has shown tremendous facility in creating really low level technical products that are used by literally hundreds of millions of people, if not billions. Before that, he created a tool called low level virtual machines that is also basically everywhere. So I'm just saying Chris Latner gets W's and he is trying to reinvent the programming language for AI and replace Python with a new language called Mojo that Modular has invented. And so, look, I frankly don't know what the business model is here or where we're going with this part, but you know, Chris Latner puts points on the scoreboard. So that's what I'm hoping he'll do for my team here. So Modular AI. I am breathing like a huge sigh of relief because I took character instead of this company, thinking the character was going to be a more competitive pick. And- <laughs> I think you're right. Proved true. And this company did not get scooped up. I am taking what I would have actually probably put as my third pick, but strategically dropped to four Mm. Mm. clean, which is sort of doing Mm. corporate search. Sequoia back company, Lightspeed, Ravi, the key guy at Lightspeed is on it. And Mamoon Hamid at Kleiner Perkins is an investor in this company. So I just feel like it's one of these like, I don't know. What do they all know? Uh, so you're so, you yeah. are really like a venture capital <laughs> fundamentalist here. Like I, yeah, Trust like, the winners, I, like you know. Uh, <laughs> Eric's like, have you ever heard of that fallacy of appealing to authority? Well, I go the other way. And say it it's works the way. Really well, like you know, like you they, should always appeal to authority. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what we don't have the financials. What are you doing? You're looking uh, nah, for a signal. Fair. Like, I mean, what is better signal than like? Sequoia, Mamoon, and Ravi. Like I, you know, I don't know what it is. I think they're good VCs, and like I, I don't have metrics. So what am I going? And honestly, my uh, VC guru that I went to. Here's his case for Glean. Semantic search over business data is the biggest use case. This opportunity overshadows all the in-house builds people are using LangChain, etc. For so uh, instead of instead of cobbling it together yourself. Use Glean, like I, I, I buy this, that. Wasn't, wasn't this the Tanium pitch, which also, like, you know, is sort of well, yeah, middling tanium. around? You know, yeah, you like, should. You need to look into the yeah. eyes of the co-founders. Right? Like, are you going to actually help your investors make money out of this company? Um, <laughs> anyway, um, okay. Well, there you go. 
Okay, so now I have a last one. This one, I- I'm debating between like product that's solid, protect my sort of minimum mm-hmm. versus like upside potential. Man, this is like, I, I have empathy for VCs. It's like, should I go crazy, like w- hope and a dream, you know, mm. or should I go sort of like product that people actually use today? I'd like to think you would do more than 10 minutes of research, which is what we've done on this. I don't know. Did, do VCs do that? I, I don't know, like, though. They get they get the financials. We don't get any you're, of the, I guess some of these companies haven't you, like, done you're, anything. You're, but like, you already did what most VCs do, which is ask their VC friends <laughs> who they should invest in. <laughs> and just go with that. It works. Uh, lots of people uh, we'll see, make a lot we'll of see. money doing that. Um, all right. I... I'm going for the the hope and dream of the entire European continent, Mistral oh AI. Oh my gosh. I thought you were going to say something else, but yeah. Yeah. Vladimir Zelensky. Um, all right. <laughs> Mistral is, you know, super hypey. I think Lightspeed is an investor, European. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they're very early, super, super hypey, but, uh, uh, you know. Smart, smart founders. I'm really enjoying this draft because I really would not have picked almost any of the companies you guys picked. And I feel like that must apply to me too. So yeah, yeah, we can review each other's teams at the end here. Um, I know who my six would be. So I'll tell you at the end. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I am also going to go hope and a dream here a little bit more. Um, So I obviously read, you know, read and researched all the founders of these companies. And I was very taken by this founder's vision of self-improving foundation models. So Hmm. the idea of recursive improvement of a foundation model. And so that was the pitch of Imbue, our friend Kenjin, who on a hope and a dream, and I assume some really solid demos, has raised $234 million. (laughs) So, (laughs) So, but I think if you're going for true take off trillion dollar companies right. uh, as it were the first person to figure out how to make ai recursively self-improving will has a good shot at being a trillion dollar company so i'll uh i'll, I'll put some some chips on kenjin and see what happens yeah i think they're very bullish on like agents right i mean which right is part of and self-improving agents as well which i thought was exciting um so i'll throw i'll throw five dollars into that 234 million dollar pot and help them get there all right james final pick Final pick. All right. With my final pick, I am taking Adept. Mm, interesting. Nice. Very highly alum. valued. Cerebral yeah, value one. CV alum. Yep. Yeah. Obviously, super high valued and highly funded. Uh, yep. As far as I yep. can tell, they've raised yeah, yeah close to half a billion dollars. Right. Um, essentially, Woof. they are they are trying to create. Um, a new way to interact, have AIs interact with computers, essentially allow creating agents that can control computers. Um, I don't even know. I, I put this as a co-pilot, I guess, but I don't even know if this is like, this seems like a brand new type of concept, you know, creating a, agents, AI agents that can interact with computers uh, on your behalf. It's a pretty science fiction-y idea. Uh, so, you know, could be a, huge flop or it could change the way you know the world works founders um, have left in droves i feel like uh lots of internal turmoil uh 
Mm-hmm. I feel like the it founders, was hype, the fa- it was hyped the founders. earlier. Other found, you know, there there was a founder breakup at the company, mm-hmm. um, which mm. which is certainly a negative sign, but a little scary. But, but you yeah, never know. Still possible. From the, from the ashes rises the right. phoenix. Right. <laughs> I mean, the uh, the CEO is, you know, uh, David Luan, a uh, former, I think, VP at OpenAI, certainly mm. was there sort of early days. Uh, super smart guy. Um, mm. But yeah, can't, can't keep the original team together. Interesting. I just think, I, just, I think working on AI agents in some capacity that can, like to your earlier point about self-improving AI and uh, you know reinforcement, or maybe Max, you were talking about that. Um, I think there's something there that could unlock a lot of value. So I'm excited that mm. they're working in that area. Sure, got it. My zoom out. I'm I'm most stressed that I should have just hoped for a second and gotten Databricks. For cheap, because I do think yeah. Max, you got a great deal grab, on the second. Grab a cheap one there, yeah. And Databricks is like a pretty sure thing, almost more sure than OpenAI. I feel like the upside. Um, I mean, our, our producer I, says he's picking Descript because we're editing the podcast with that, and also that was one I was seriously considering for five working product, hmm. but I didn't know how much technical under like wh- what their level of tech sophistication was so i didn't pick what, it. what are what are other ones on the board left on the board anything you guys are surprised are notable? to see i mean jasper obviously is like everybody's yep. afraid of yeah uh rappers i feel like and snorkel has gotten a lot of hype with like internal data cleaning they're speaking, companies they're speaking. that's what i've heard yeah yeah i they're they're always bouncing around what i'm hearing um writer raised a bunch of money at 500 million so i'm interested yeah. to see sort of the, there was sort of a good price I'm, but I lots mean, of money ba- lots of money good price for investors <laughs> it's, you know. it's interesting humane which makes that little pin that's supposed to replace your iphone that you wear on your jacket or whatever that you talk to nobody put that on the board that seems like a, a tough a tough sell Har- but uh, hardware is hard i just hardware yeah, is very hard it, yeah yeah they just launched it at paris fashion week which is odd i don't know i mean some weird scale shit. you know was making bank off of throwing humans at self-driving car problems. And now they're mm. trying to make bank at human reinforcement learning for foundation models. Mm-hmm. But it's just hard to believe, you know, it's humans. Like, they just don't seem like that. You want We don't need them, we don't need them anymore. We don't need right. humans. I know. I want a big, like, don't need, automated don't need this middle ground thing. thing. Um, I mean, stability not being in the discussion, you know, compared to oh, last yeah. six months ago is, is quite interesting. Right. Obviously, there's been... Well, first of all, there's been a ton of competition and, you know, Midjourney has gotten super good and all that stuff. And then secondly, yeah, obviously there was the story about the founder making a bunch of stuff up, which was interesting. I think Midjourney uh, is int- or was left off the board here because they haven't taken VC funding, by the way, mm, but yeah. they uh, could yeah. be a super valuable. Uh, yeah, I know. Hard company. to maybe never get a valuation. It's a cash flow business. But Midjourney, man, I would definitely have taken that before Mistral, I think. Um, interesting. The uh, I mean. I think weights and biases really good company, but I'm just like, what sort of is it really going to gobble the world? Uh, Runway, love the founder, like he's so charming. But uh, you know, <laughs> I feel like maybe a you know, the narrative there is like, does Adobe wish they could have bought Runway for like way less than they paid for Figma? You know, when Runway is sort of the relevant company now. Um, yeah, I mean, lots of great companies. I wouldn't write off most of them. I don't even know what Ghost yeah. Student is. I didn't look I into mean, that. That's the most high fund rate. Did anybody research Ghost Student? I researched it a bit. So 
my understanding is there a European company who kind of got started in this AI in this tutoring space and raised a lot of money um, and now is building LLMs uh, hmm. to do tutoring. But I was a little skeptical of like whether that was a you know current product or not or a prototype. Um, yeah, so that's why I kind of ruled them out. My last point would just be I was really struck in doing the research how unbelievably difficult it is to even tell what the products of a lot of these companies are right. or how they're differentiated. And I mean, you you could really just like throw buzzwords like <laughs> large model learning, right. like reinforcement, something, something internal data, external data, you know, whatever, and just spit out a new TechCrunch article with like a fake company name every day. Right. And I would find them very similar to a lot of the research I did for this. So it's- Yeah, I mean, I, poolside, you know, like I've written about it. It's for code. I mean, partially it's an earlier, it's like earlier on the foundation model journey, but yeah, there are a lot where it's like, man, it's, it is, is, it is remarkable how many similar ish, like either data or foundation model or something about enterprise plus LLMs companies there are that are in this category. It's, it's amazing there, to me. Oh, this is my, my, my zoom out on I, my view is that like max, I mean, a lot will fall on data bricks and that Anthropic could beat, that people plausibly think Anthropic could beat OpenAI, in which case, like, mm. James got a great pick Discounted OpenAI. Anthropic, yeah. Anthropic yeah. is the only right. one I like from James. Yeah, really. <laughs> Anthropic is the one I'm... I want Although I like, your, I, I, like your Isra- I like your Israeli one, AI21 also. That's <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah. What? Yeah. Which ones do you like from Eric, I guess? The top I mean, OpenAI obviously is untouchable, but I think, yeah. I th- I think Inflection is also quite strong the rest okay. i'm not so sure yeah character and you, man and, and whereas your your team's just rock solid five my, my team is immaculate no i would say other than databricks i have no sure things but i really took i took call options on hopefully giant upside like we i could really see my like, team having i could see my team having three zeros on it but as long as the two are big i'm 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 going for the win that way yeah we we really had to do a uh lightning uh a speed run of of learning vc's portfolio strategy here of, we we uh, do not have the date you know any we don't get to no. talk to anybody we're just severe this is not real vc we were playing basically with blindfolds on but it was very enjoyable but, but it, com- conversation piece it's kind of funny yeah. that we had to like pick companies that could return the fund you know they all have right. to like <laughs> yeah runs. yeah right yeah all right yeah uh, very excited to see in five years, hopefully we'll follow up and like some of us will look like, maybe all of us will look like idiots in this space will be <laughs> probably wildly overhyped and maybe my, you know, negative 75 billion will like swamp, uh, the total value. And then we can just, you know, I don't think that's likely, but as a closer, um, or do you just want to read off everyone's team? Uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. For people not watching the teams are team Eric with a negative $75 billion handicap that I paid to go first. So I could scoop up OpenAI number one, Inflection number two, Character AI, Character AI number three, Glean number four, and Mistral AI number five. Uh, Max, you want to read yours? Yeah, my team is Databricks, Pinecone, Cohere, Modular, and Imbue, also known as the best team. And James? I went with Hugging Face, Anthropic, AI21 Labs, Replit, and Adept. That's our episode, and that's the Cerebral Valley AI series. Uh, watch for YouTube videos. I'm sure I'll have Max and James once I'm like not fatigued of talking back to sort of reflect on it, but I'm not promising it 
immediately, but this has been a great run. Thank you for sticking with us. And if you missed some of the earlier episodes, go back and listen to them. Uh, thank you so much to Scott Brody, who's been the producer through all this and help help us figure out the show. So shout out to him. Thanks to Riley Kinsella, Gabby Caliendo, both uh, key in sort of getting the conference and everything together. Thank you for everyone who's going to speak. Uh, and yeah, uh, stick around. Uh, please like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to newcomer.co and go play song quiz on your Alexa. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks guys. Eric. Thank you. All right. Bye.